Okay, everybody, welcome to another podcast here, a special podcast with my good friend for many years, Paul Feinbaum, who was gracious enough to spend a little time with us on this big week here. And Paul, you know, every year you've been good about coming on with us, but I don't think we could ever tell you that your Tennessee Vols, the team that you, where you went to school, uh, ranked number one now. What do you think about all that? Uh, Coach, I think it's, it's it's just utterly shocking to think uh, back on the day that uh, Jeremy Pruitt left and Josh Heupel came in that that we would be sitting here you know, really not even two years later. Uh, I I still can't wrap my arms around it. I mean, I, but uh, I'll take it. Uh, I think this is just a fabulous matchup. Uh, you you know how important this game is, and the, the idea that Tennessee comes into Athens number one in the country is uh, truly one of the bigger shocks of my. Uh, career yeah big turnaround and you know you and I talked about it the day that Josh was hired you know uh, I'd been around him some at Oklahoma kind of got a false knock there when uh, things were going bad for OU and uh, he went on made his own mark there at uh, Utah State and then Missouri for a little bit and then UCF but uh, certainly got a, a very difficult offense to defend so tell us about the atmosphere that's been up there at uh, Knoxville the last couple of times you've been up there. And then we'll talk about what it's going to be like to come into UGA this weekend. To me, uh, coach, the, the season has gone in, in several different uh, layers. The first thing for Tennessee was just to survive Pittsburgh and a couple of uh, the, the early season matchups. But then it, it was Florida. Florida was all psychological. We know they're, they're not that great. But it was just getting the Florida demon off their their shoulders. And I think that really helped them get ready for Alabama. It, it seemed like the team uh, that had all the pressure in that game was 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 Alabama. I don't understand what's what exactly is going on there, coach. And, I, and it's not really critical for this conversation, but uh, they were tight. Uh, they played that way. Having said all that, they still had a chance to win. Uh, and, and I think that, that 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 does give you some pause for Tennessee. Uh, if you had to look at what Tennessee has done, that's probably even more impressive than the Alabama game. It's what they did at LSU where they just ran over the Tigers there. But, you know, Josh Heifel is, is he, he has a fun team. I mean, I was talking to one of their wide receivers on Friday before the Alabama game. And he just said, listen, we, we all love the guy. He's, he's just like one of us. Uh, you know, we're and I know that's a cliche, but you know, that's not the way it is at Alabama. That's not the way it is a lot of places. But uh, I think it helps when, when, when Hypo has been able to resonate with, with the locker room in that way. At some point, that changes. But right now, that they're all in. And it's kind of like what, the way the players feel about Paul, Kirby here, too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I would say to a, to, a, to, a, to a large degree. I mean, Kirby's still a little, uh, you know, he's a little older, which, uh, you know, of course, he's been there for seven years. But uh, – I think I think there are similarities, uh, even though one's an offensive wizard and the other one's a defensive genius. Paul, with the atmosphere that Tennessee has been able to benefit from at Neyland Stadium, how do you see them handling being on the opposite end of that in Sanford Stadium and Georgia fans trying to rev Georgia to pull off that same kind of excitement? Yeah, I think this will be different. Uh, you know, some will argue, well, hey, look what they've done already. They've gone to Pittsburgh. They've gone to Baton Rouge. But, you know, remember that Baton Rouge situation. LSU was out of that game by the, on the opening kickoff. I think they fumbled it uh, or, or, they, they, or not far, far after that. And so, and again, 11 o'clock game in, in, in Baton Rouge, guys, uh, they, took, they took the crowd out 
very quickly, and then they started rolling. I mean, Tennessee is the type of team, as you both know, they beat you at the beginning of the game. They, they jump out. They did that to Alabama. And then then the problem starts. So to me, it, it's pretty obvious. I'm just an observer, uh, Coach Donham, but that it, it just, you know, Kirby Smart and company just has to figure out a way to, to try to negate that quick start and, and stay in the game. If Georgia's a – head of the game in the, in the second or third in the, in the second quarter or before halftime, I would feel pretty good. Yeah, that's a good analysis. Uh, I mean, certainly Georgia's offense is going to have to step it up. Uh, I think one of the most improved parts of Tennessee is their defense, particularly uh, the way they can pressure people. But we'll get back more to that matchup in a minute. But just from an overview on the national perspective, uh, what did you think about uh, Alabama being rated ahead of uh, TCU last night? I didn't have a have an issue with it, uh, even though I understand uh, I understand the metrics. Although I don't like the metrics uh, that the, this committee uses. To me, it's about you know looking at a football team and trying to determine you know how good they are. When I hear people say, "Well, they've got three top twenty five teams," coach, what does that mean, <laughs> really? Uh, especially when you're comparing and contrasting to the SEC. Now, now Alabama's resume has some issues. Uh, you know. I mean, right now they're hanging their hat on that win at Arkansas, which I think ultimately will turn out to be a very good win. But, you know, we know what they did against Texas A&M, which is pretty laughable considering how how, how bad that program is right now. The Texas game was uh, they, they were caught off guard and the same for Tennessee. So I, I think Alabama always gets the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but but I think Alabama would probably be uh, in the same position as TCU had, had it played their schedule. And I'm not sure TCU would have been able to navigate what Alabama has been through. Well, nobody's been around Alabama more than you have, unless it might be Bear Bryant or somebody. But uh, <laughs> what do you think the issue is on the – just the, the normal cliche would be about, hey, well, they don't have discipline. But to have that many penalties yeah. from a Nick Saban coach team is just astronomical. I, I mean – uh, you're inside the, uh, and go go visit with the coaches and see these teams and everything. What do you think the issue is there? Coach, uh, discipline's a big word, but but I, there just seems to be a lack of chemistry, maybe even a, a little bit of lack of leadership, which is surprising uh, from this regard. You, you have coming into the season, Will Anderson, uh, who's you know who, who started the year as the best defensive player in the country. I, I think we would argue we wouldn't have to argue that he's no longer in that position. Uh, and then you have the best uh, offensive player. And both of those guys are leaders, but there's just something not connecting. And I think sometimes at Alabama, there's just this expectation. And that Texas game was a shock to the system, and they just really haven't recovered from it. Uh, and, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, it's not a cliche to say they could have lost three games. Uh, and even the Arkansas game, they were in trouble for a while. So I, I don't, there's a couple of things I don't like about the team. Uh, let, let me say, not the team, about about the program right now. I don't like the coordinators. Uh, I'm, I've been underwhelmed by Bill Bill O'Brien. I don't think he exudes a lot of the energy on the sidelines. And again, the, the three of us, of course, Coach Donnan could do it in his sleep. But you know, Bryce Young is not a, is such a great player, but he doesn't have, uh, I think, the type of elite wide receivers he he is used to. Now Gibbs has been phenomenal, and and defensively, I think they're somewhat weak. Uh, on the back end, and, and and Pete Golding has a good record, but I also don't think uh, uh, he is elite compared to obviously Jeremy Pruitt, Kirby Smart. Uh, I mean, that's that, that's not a fair conversation. 
Paul, I'm curious, at the peak of Alabama's dynasty, obviously they were winning national championships, but when they had games like what Georgia has this weekend with Tennessee, a lot of times they would find ways to just destroy the soul of that opponent that seemed like the jumpstart. It happened to Georgia in 2015. Do you think that Georgia is capable of that level of dominance against really good teams, or is Georgia not at that level? Uh, I thought they were a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so... Uh, and I'm, I'm not I'm not bailing on Georgia at all. I, I just think that you know, it just almost seems like Georgia you know, lacked focus for a while during the season. And by the way, I can understand that uh, when when you when you do what they they did at the, at the at the beginning of the season against Oregon, and then you go to Columbia and do the same thing against South Carolina, and then you look out and you you go, we got uh, let's see, we have Missouri and Kent State and Auburn and Vanderbilt. It. it that's, those are four weeks of, of, of a lot of snoozing. And I think that we, we saw some of that at, at, in, in Missouri, where, where Georgia was truly tested. Uh, I, I think this program is still in great shape, and I think this team is really good. Now, uh, I hated to see Nolan Smith depart. That was a, a critical conversation piece in terms of leadership and play. Glad to see, and Coach Donnan was telling me Saturday morning about what Carter would mean against Florida, and I think we saw that. But ultimately, I think the defense has to come come to life Saturday because the other side speaks for itself. Yeah, that's for sure, and I guarantee Kirby's going to remind them of that. We're going to get more into that game in just a second, but one more issue here that you and I talked about in the offseason that looked like it was imminent, but – they waited until uh, this week, but uh, over there at Auburn, what a cluster right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody wants to blame someone else for Brian Harson's failure, but uh, ultimately Brian Harson was a failure because he never could, he never could adapt to the SEC. He didn't recruit at that level. His coaches were not at the level that you need to be. And, you know, his, his system just didn't, uh, you know, didn't gel and, and, and Auburn made the right decision. Uh, let's not, uh, you know, let's not, you know, cut it, you know, you know, make, make excuses. I mean, he didn't deserve another game, let alone another year. And so I, I think that was the right call. Uh, you know, when, when he, that was a mistake hire. And sometimes the best thing to do is bury the mistake as fast as you can. And, and I know everybody's speculating. I, I don't know what, what Auburn will do next, but, I'm betting uh, whoever they come up with, Coach, uh, he understands uh, what it takes to win in the SEC. And Brian Harson didn't understand that. Yeah, whoever gets going to uh, know what grits are, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> have a birth certificate from uh, you better believe it. region of the country. But, all right, from a, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, a couple years ago, you were talking about how much you enjoy coming to Athens and, and the uh, atmosphere that's been created here uh, recently with this uh, tremendous home field advantage. But when you bring that uh, SEC nation in here, uh, what all is entailed and what are you looking for? And are you getting what you want from uh, UGA fans when you come in? Yeah, uh, to me, uh, this is the second time we've done this now, uh, last year for Kentucky uh, and this year when like when game day and, and, and the SEC show came in and, you know, it, it, that's such a big campus and there's so many fans that it, it really doesn't matter. Some places it, it, it would seem uh, lesser. But, you know, my, my favorite thing uh, in coming to campus, Coach, is the Friday show. Uh, when we take what we do here in this studio that I'm in now 
and we, we go on campus. It, it's laid back. The, you know, there, there aren't any, you know, Saturday you have March, you have the marching bands, you have the cheerleaders. I mean, it's just a, a, a laid back show where, you know, we, we get to show off uh, the campus. And this year uh, we'll do that. You, 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 of course, will be one of our, our first guests. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach uh, Smart will drop by. The president will drop by. Uh, various reporters and, and and media people, and to me, that's probably my favorite part of the job is uh, are those Friday visits. And 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 I, I'm not just saying this because I've already I've already I've already said it before, but you know I, I would I think Athens is probably the, the best college town in America. So I'm I'm not just placating uh, the home folks. Uh, it, it's just incredible. It has everything you need. Uh, and you know, every time I'm there, I talk to students, and you can't you can't pry a student out of there. I was talking to one uh, last year and I think it was uh, his sixth or seventh year and he was still trying to figure out a way to you know to take a few more courses so he could make another football season I can relate to that being a pretty average student myself yeah I like it on Fridays your shows too because on Saturdays it's a jump ball to see if you can ever say anything with those guys you got on that show with well, you and me. between uh, you know you enough for those guys man they invented football didn't they Coach, you're right. They did. Uh, and, and I'm honored to be there with them every Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I, the good part about me, uh, by the time I get to Saturday, I've already talked about this stuff, usually Sunday morning and then all week long on, on our show and other shows. So I'm, I'm really not that eager to, to offer uh, the same opinion. But, you know, you got uh, you, know, you got a quarterback like Jordan Rogers and, and, uh, and Roman and, of course, Tebow. And uh, I would never want to get in the way of, of three geniuses. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Paul, your show had a lovely tribute to Vince Dooley and obviously heavy hearts around here uh, leading up to this game and just his impact on the SEC as a whole. Did you have any good stories personally interacting with him that you know you want to share, whether in Athens or outside of Athens? Well, it, my career began with Coach Dooley in this regard. Uh, I, uh, I had just been at the newspaper in Birmingham for – uh, a short period of time. And my boss called me one Sunday night uh, and, and he was at a bar, by the way. Uh, and he, he said, Hey, uh, I, I got to confirm Dewey's going to be the new Auburn coach. Uh, so I started writing the story up being a junior guy. And, uh, and, and we ended up, uh, and he said, you know, Mark, you know, put it across the top of the front page. So we, we ended up bannering it like it was the end of the world. So what happened was, uh, the, the newspaper came out Monday morning, uh, Dewey to be named Auburn coach. And, and the truth of the matter is that uh, Coach Dewey, uh, Coach, uh, one of the Auburnist uh, sports people, information people, had shown my boss the, the press release. It, it was going to be announced that afternoon. But when the president at Georgia woke up, uh, he was in Birmingham at, the, at an SEC president's meeting. When he read the newspaper, he went ballistic because he I mean, he had heard rumors, but he in no way thought it was a fit. It was going to be official. So he got on a plane, flew back and they offered Coach Dewey, I think uh, he, he had been co-athletic director. They offered him the job by himself. They gave him a raise. And uh, Coach Dewey later joked with me about that, that uh, he thanked me for getting him a raise and preventing him from going to Auburn, where you know he wanted to go emotionally because his, his, his best friend and roommate in college was the governor. But, but those couple, those next couple of years at Georgia, he not only won the national championship a few weeks later, but he had those, those epic years in 80, 81, 82, and 83. So uh, that was really the beginning of our relationship. And like everyone, I, I, uh, you know, everyone has a different view of him. But I, I think he is one of the most influential and important figures in the history of the game. No question about it. And uh, good, to, good to all of uh, 
the people that I know that I've never heard anybody. I mean, Coach Dooley was set in his ways about some things, but if he was your friend, he's very loyal. And, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about Kirby Smart here because you've had a chance to watch him grow as a head coach, but also saw the impact he made at Alabama, five and two there in big games, one versus three or four uh, as a defensive coordinator and helped Nick to four national championships at Alabama. What have you seen as far as the evolution of Kirby? I know uh, you, you talked to him there at the golf tournaments. You, you have him on your shows. Uh, I mean, you, you're, you're at the epicenter of all college football every time. And you, you, you just for our fans, your, your take on what's, what's happened with Kirby and his development. Coach Donnan, I think he has grown up so much as a head coach. The first year or two, I think he, he maybe was a little emotional. Um, and you saw that in game. You don't see that anymore. Uh, to me, uh, you know, he's overcome a number of things, including a lot of criticism of, of the way he handled quarterbacks. I mean, we all remember the Justin Field dilemma, which I think was just ridiculous. Uh in terms of criticizing him for that. Uh, and, and even even Stetson Bennett, which he proved everyone wrong on. I just feel like the national championship lifted, uh, uh, you know, whatever uh, whatever baggage or, or weight he had on his shoulder. And and I, I think he's one of the, the two or three best coaches in the country right now. I mean, you could even argue uh, perhaps he's the best. And I know that sounds like blasphemy, but uh, we're not talking about a lifetime achievement award. We're talking about today. Uh, I frankly think he's he's done a better job this year uh, and last uh, than, than Nick Saban. Uh, so I really believe that, uh, you know, he has set himself up for an incredible run. And I uh, it's been fun for me to watch because uh, yeah, I got to know him as a defensive coordinator at Alabama. And he was raw. I mean, he was emotional. He was uh, he was fiery. Uh, which made him a great coordinator, but that doesn't always translate to being a great head coach. Yeah, coming home to his own school helped. And, you know, I think the fact that the fans were so hungry to get to that next level, but uh, I've seen the same kind of development as far as not being quite as high strung on the sideline because your team's going to react to that. And uh, hey, one more thing, if I could, uh, unlike a lot of coaches who become successful, uh, He's always uh, accommodating, and you know how that difficult how difficult that can be sometimes. But, right. I mean, when we come over there last year, I'll never forget. I said, "Coach, thanks so much for dropping by." Uh, he said, "No, thank you." Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I, w- listen, I, I don't take this stuff too literally. Um, I realize you know we, we, what we represent, but yeah, he doesn't have to do that. Uh, you don't see Nick Saban do that. You don't see other coaches uh, on a Friday before a game. That's a busy. It's a busy day. Not so much from a preparation standpoint but from a recruiting standpoint, but he never misses. He's always, he always makes you feel uh, good about uh, seeing him. Uh, he's not standoffish. He, and that, that's, that's, that's a remarkable trait for someone who has been as successful as, as he is. Yeah. I talked to him early on about the fact that I said, look, Kirby, I was on your side of the fence and I was also uh, worked with the media a little bit. These people have a job, but, can you realize the impact you can have with all the people that are going to see you and get to know you, mothers and dads, recruits, everything? And uh, we talked about it, and I don't know how much he listened to me, but I know this. He is he is very genuine, and, I mean, he's got his mind on a lot of different things, but, uh, you know, if he tells you he's going to do something, he does it. So uh, let's just talk a little bit more about the, the rest of the league right now, the, the fact that Ole Miss and LSU – 
with a second-year coach and a first-year coach right in the thick of things there at the Western, uh, and we don't get that exposure to you. You've watched them both. How do you think their chances loom against Bama here the next couple of weeks? It, it, and one more thing I want to say about Kirby, and I'll answer your question. Uh, you can't say has, enough about Kirby on this show now. Uh, going, well, he also has a, a tremendous amount of love and respect for uh, you, Coach Don. And I've talked to him off the air about you and what, what you've meant to him. And, and I think I just want to I know your audience is aware of that, but I want to make sure they're fully aware uh, of your relationship uh, and 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 how he looks up to you and, and has often leaned on you throughout his career. Uh, back to your back to your question. Uh, I, I think uh, Brian Kelly has been a big surprise. Now that can all change in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I think the, the fact that he has put him, his team in a position, in early November to compete for the crown uh, is really is remarkable. Unbelievable. And and I, I, I like him. Uh, he was difficult, if not impossible, to deal with at Notre Dame. I will say that to you. I, I got to know him up there and didn't care for him. He changed the last two or three years. Uh, and, and I think you're seeing a little bit of a softer side of what used to be a surly coach. You know, Kiffin is always quirky. Uh, I don't agree with, uh, you know, his, his reliance on analytics. I think sometimes common sense prevails, but he, he is a very good football coach. He seems restless a little bit to me, Coach Donovan. I don't know what is going to happen at the end of the yeah. season. He's going to have some chances there. But, uh, yeah, but I, I would not be uh, too surprised to see him leave Ole Miss. The one thing that I th- think about Lane that, that I really admire is that it looks he knows he's gotten a second chance mm-hmm. and the second time through he's reinvented himself a little bit he doesn't have all the answers like he does the smart ass out of not I don't mean bad word but you know he kind of at, at USC was more like you know I've been Pete Carroll's boy I'm coming in yeah. here but now he uh, he really does a good job of managing the game and uh, has done a great job of, of really taking his team that lost so many players last year and utilizing the transfer portal and it just made it uh, a very competitive situation. So uh, finishing up here, what, what do you think about the 12 team playoff? How quick will it come? And is the NIL and transfer portal here to stay? Yeah, I think the the second part, uh, I do think they're here to stay and, and there'll, there'll be some modifications, but Right now, I still think there is a chance the 12-team playoff could start in two years. <laughs> I, they're, they're working on it. And it's always frustrating to me, Coach, when I hear the the people from the CFP you know, make all these excuses about how hard it is to you know get dates and move it around. I mean, that's nonsense. Justifying their job, man. I mean, the three of us could, could make this happen. You could go to any top company in the country. But these guys are bureaucrats. They're, they're like government workers who are just, you know, you know punching a clock uh, and, and they're not that competent. So that's why we, we always get that nonsense. But I hope we get it because I think it would completely change. I, mean, I was on some shows this morning on ESPN talking about the 14 playoff. And what about TCU? And what about Michigan? And what about we wouldn't be having that conversation. I yeah, think so many more schools would be involved right now. Exactly. Uh, Dane, you want to finish it up here and uh, we'll uh, thank. Uh, thank you so much, Paul. But. Uh, for being on with us. Look forward to seeing you on Friday. And Dane, you got your last question. You know, people don't realize Dane's an international celebrity. He actually went to a uh, 
concert last week with with the the girl that sings the songs on uh, Coach Colby Stone. Calais because she did the hype song for Stetson Bennett. So we, we did some stuff around that. Uh, I, I always like to just ask you uh, stories with Coach Donnan or when y'all get together when you come to Athens, kind of put us at the table of what that's like. Well, I've had some uh, you know my some of my favorite stories. Uh, I'll. I'll go a little out of school here. Uh, I didn't know coach Don that well. I, he had been on our show once or twice and yeah, we got into it, but I respected the fact that, that he, he would come on and, 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 you know, we would, we would spar a little bit. Yeah, but you'd, it was, chew, you'd chew on me a little bit. That's okay. But he, he would fight back, which most coaches uh, don't. But so about a year or two after uh, you know, he left coaching, we found ourselves at an event in, in Mobile, Alabama. Mike Godfrey had put it on, and Danny Sheridan was there. All of a, all of a sudden, uh, somebody said, "Hey, you know, we're going over to Biloxi." And I got—I was in the back seat with Coach Donnan, I think. And I don't know how long it takes to go to Mobile at, to Biloxi—about an hour and ten minutes, Dan. But I—I I felt like I was in the car with the the most uh, popular and successful comedian in Las Vegas. I mean, he was cracking jokes. One after another. Hey, have you heard the story about this? And I and I, I just like uh, immediately became in, in, enamored with him because of just how funny he was. Because I had never seen that uh, when when he had been in coaching. I knew how successful he had been, yeah. but I didn't. I, I was and, and trying I, to. I, I was I was I was sold on Coach Don, and then we I started was trying to get in with you so you'd put me on your show every week. And we had a good run there for about six or seven years. There, every thirty minutes every week and we covered the whole SEC and it was a lot of fun and a lot of mutual respect. And then of course, when you would come to Athens to uh, watch some games, you would come oh, by the house and Mary, always, Mary always loved having you over here. And uh, it was just, uh, but uh, Paul just can't say enough about how proud I am of how much you represent college football. I mean, to have four hours a day, five days a week. I don't know how you do it, man. And then go on the weekend. I, it's just incredible. You got unbelievable stamina, but a lot of respect for what you do. And uh, you, you got an opinion, but you know, you're very fair too. Well, coach, thank you. And uh, one of my favorite memories ever, uh, I talked about the funny side, but uh, I came over the, the, the afternoon of the, uh, the famous blackout game in 08. Ooh. And uh, I remember coming over to the house with you, watching games with you and Mary and, uh, you gave me a warning. You said, "Watch out tonight." I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the, the dogs. And uh, wow. <laughs> were you ever right about that? Uh, but, but I, I, I just cherish my, my, my friendship with you, Coach Don, and it, it's been one of the most special of my career. And uh, it's just such a pleasure to uh, talk to you here, and, and especially to see you when we come over there, there to uh, the University of Georgia. It'll be fun. And, hey, I, I'm warning you about the ball Saturday. I got a good feeling about the dogs. We'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> well, that's quite – listen, I, I, I've had my, my moment as a Tennessee graduate this year. I'm, I'm not going to be greedy. All right. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you, Coach.